Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Could the COVID-19 virus be of alien origin? Are paranormal parasites involved with the current pandemic? Are time slips actually time slips? Hello and welcome to the 842nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those far-flung questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. And today uh, we bring you the first of two back-to-back open-line shows to deal with a slew of questions, uh, many many having to do with possible paranormal connections to the current health crisis. And we welcome your calls today. The number is 401-766-1240. That's from anywhere. Or email paul at behindtheparanormal.com or contact us by Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Okay, and with us today, as he is for all our open line shows, is special guest co-host Shane Searway. Let's hear it for Shane. (laughs) Hope Uh, everyone's well. Coming to us via via Skype from uh, Deepest Darkest, New Hampshire. His, his his bat cave, if you will. Yeah, well, we miss him in the studio. It's 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 just it's a wonderful experience to be broadcasting all three of us from here. However, it is what it is. So uh, let's uh, let's begin. Uh, <clears throat> there are three. Well, let, let's start on, on sort of a light note, okay? Yeah, might as well start light and then. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then get heavy. Yes. Uh, from Facebook here, we have um, a, a question that is just. Precious. That's why I put it on. It's from Eddie in Topeka, Kansas. Ah, before we do that, oh, we, we do have a call. Oh, we do have a call. Okay, perfect timing. And uh, I believe I know who this is. We have a, a surprise sort of a caller today that, that we did not, did not announce for a very... Oh, I guess I guess it's not someone. But we do have a surprise <laughs> caller coming in. So um, let me... Uh, th- this is... Okay, okay. Eddie from Topeka, Kansas. Uh, and the headline is Lousy Oboe Playing Ghost. Oh, wow. Hey. <laughs> don't, don't, give the, don't give the oboe, the oboe anything. Alrighty, uh, so Eddie writes to us the Lousy Oboe Playing Ghost. Oh, God. I'm, I'm going to have a hard time getting through this one. Um, I know you have, you have probably seen it all, and I have no doubt uh, that you will explain this via the multiverse, and I agree. But we have a ghost in our house who has to be one of the worst musicians I have ever heard. <laughs> he plays the oboe in, in our guest bedroom, or sometimes in the room below that, or at least once a week. Well, it's like living with Big Bird. Uh, <laughs> luckily, it has never happened when we have guests in the house, uh, usually, or, or usually our grandchildren. Um, otherwise, we'd have to come up with the with some quick explanations. The dog hears it too and starts to howl along with the attempted <laughs> music. Um, as you, as you would say, we are certainly sharing the space with some untalented but determined sap uh, from uh, from someone else. Uh, is there any way to close off the portal or point of contact uh, before he drives us nuts? <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of the clumsy ghost a couple of years ago. Mm. That was that was in the Midwest, and, and it would, you know, it would fall down the stairs and knock stuff over, and, and it, it drove everybody crazy. And our determination was was Uncle So and So, who had lived in the house. Uh, I don't think he was even dead yet, but it was a multiversal kind of a time slip thing. Uh, in our opinion, and I don't know. So, uh, Shane, uh, we'll give this to you for a start. Well, it, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like a, a bleed over, you know, um, multiversal type of thing, you know, a bleed over from parallel to parallel. So, um, and I find the, 
the best way to affect something like that in, in the work that I've done, where you have something that's not really interacting with you, but it's it's kind of doing its own thing in its own time, is it's 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 usually brought on um, through like a a strong emotional um, you know frequency or 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 occurrence or you know energy, and um, so the best way to do that is kind of shock it with with a strong emotional response and displace it um in a way and so there's you know different ways to do that um but you know these things will keep you know people use that term residual haunting i don't like that i don't like what it implies i don't like that people will say that your house is a dvr and it can record um you know events of the past it's it's deeper than that and of course if you're a listener of the show you know where we stand on that um but you know these these occurrences are usually like a a bleed over from an emotional event or an emotional environment um something that was really um at a heightened level that bleeds over um you know like a dropping dye on an onion and it, and it bleeds through layer to layer through layer of the onion <clears throat> um and so the, uh, the way i've done it before is to get these things to stop is to um, you know put in place a, a, a strong emotional um, like response or in, uh, environment to counteract it or displace it, and it's worked. Um, so like uh, you know, um, yeah, there's different ways to do it, but but okay. basically, yeah. So I'm going to let Paul take a stab at that one. Okay, well, actually, we're, we're going to take in a bed. break. We'll take a break from the quote lousy oboe playing ghost to talk to our our special caller today, who is none other than Andrea Perrin uh, of the Conjuring fame. And Andrea has uh, some news for us about something very special going on at the house where she lived in Burrillville, Bird Island, right in our listening area. Um, and Andrea, welcome to the welcome back to the show. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. I remember I turn the last. The last time that I was on with you, we had such an in-depth, compelling conversation that I felt like I was floating when we were done. And the time that we were together seemed to go by at light speed. That's, well, you know, that's true. I, that's what I love. That's what I love about you and your show. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, well, it's a tribute to you as a guest as well, Andrea, too. And uh, we're, here with, we're here with Shane Searway, who was our regular guest co-host on our open line shows. And, uh, Hi, Shane. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I don't oh, know if you know each other, but you do now. We do now, yeah. Okay. Well, we do now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrea, uh, what's going on uh, over at the house? Uh, and, um, you know, fill us in. Well, a few months ago, I started um, chatting with my old friend, Jay Blemke who is uh, the original producer of uh, Ghost Hunters and then later Ghost Hunters International. Um, and, you know, he had a remarkable run with that show uh, and has since ventured out into virtual media and uh, founded an organization called The Dark Zone several years ago where they're not only, you know, it's kind of it's for the smart TV, IT people, but you can also watch things online and uh it's just a wonderful venture well we had planned on doing a thing at the farm like where everybody goes to the farm and we do a thing but of course in the age uh the life and times of covid19 that's not happening mm. so we decided that uh he and his other fellow producers decided 
that it would be um, it would behoove us to really uh, look at this from a different angle. And basically, what they've created, and I take absolutely no credit for it whatsoever. What they created um, is uh, an online format that basically takes you into the farm, so that on your screen you will see about I, at least for a probably 12 different camera shots from cameras that are set up all over the house. And it will it's a virtual paracon where there are dozens and dozens of the top people in the field that are going to be involved with talking about not only the farmhouse, but their adventures, things they've experienced, um, you know, the books they've written, the things that they've done. It's, it's a way to, without leaving your seat in front of your desk, go to a paracon for practically nothing. We're using it to raise money for the COVID-19 folks. You know, there are so many food banks and, that need help. There are so many homeless shelters that need help. There are so many people that need help in this country right now that this is a way for us to, you know, put a little Band-Aid on it, you know, to do what we can. If mm -hmm. everybody does what they can, then what we have is a solution instead of a problem. So, so well put, yeah. You know, I what I want to do is devote as much of my time as they'll have me uh, to this venture. So I'll basically be popping in and out. I'll be introducing some of the speakers. Um, some of them I'll stay with and chat with for a while. And then I'll have segments uh, for myself mm -hmm. and for my dad. And I think I'll bring my sister in on one of them. And, you know, so it's really about telling our story from the perspective of the Heinzens who live there now and the parents that used to live there and doing some compare and contrast of different experiences that we've had. Some are like, some are not. Um, and, you know, exploring this for, you know, covering five decades because we moved in uh, in the 70s. You know, 1970 is when my folks bought the house and we moved in right after Christmas in 71. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it was a 10-year excursion for my family. And that there are a lot of things that unless people have read my book, they don't know. They base their knowledge about Farmhouse on The Conjuring. Well, you know, that was a good movie, but it barely scratched the surface of what happened. And it was so, um, you, know, you know, we talked about this before, Paul. It was method. It was formula. It was Hollyweird at their very best mm -hmm. doing what they do. But in many ways, it misrepresented our story and it mischaracterized events, and it did not portray my family as we were. Um, my father was not a big fan of Ed and Lorraine Warren at the time. He didn't know them, he didn't trust them, and he did not want his wife talking to them about ghosts and spirits in our house when he was at that time still firmly saying, there's nothing here, stop this, don't go there, don't tell me that happened, I don't want to know. You know, and he was still in, in that phase. Uh, and in, within, you know, it didn't take long once he started having close encounters of his own that he realized that absolutely everything my mother told him was absolutely true and everything that his daughters could tell him was absolutely true. So, you know, he had his own evolution there as well, and he'll be on uh, talking about that 
Wow. You know, talking about the events that transpired that are things I never even put in the book. So it will be, it'll be a really enlightening and hopefully very inspiring, uh, week, uh, 24-7 week long event that will raise the bar, that will establish a new template, that will, um, draw people into a story that really has no beginning and no end. Yeah, uh, wow. We couldn't possibly cover it all, even in a week. We couldn't, but we can shed some light on the darkness, and we can uplift people. You know, we're going to have people who are spiritualists, who are Keith Johnson's going to be on. Uh, you know, I mean, there are, there are people that are well-known. Uh, Ken DaCosta is a part of it. I mean, people mm-hmm. that are very well known in the New England area that are wonderful speakers that, you know, have their own careers and their own teams, but have investigated the farmhouse and have their own experiences from it. And, uh, you know, the information that will be gleaned from this, I can't even wrap my mind around yet, Paul. I'm so excited to be a part of it. Oh, that's great. Now, uh, it's a week long, starting... Mm-hmm. Um, it starts uh, is it the, on May 8th as a free preview. On the 8th, so okay. So people can get a feel of it, you know, feel for it. Now, I mean, it, it's in People Magazine right now. It's in Variety. It's it's like it's out there everywhere. Okay. Uh, and it, it'll be completely interactive, which is phenomenal. Yeah, okay, excellent. Uh, now, how do people access this? It's online, Oh, well, that's said. a good question, yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, All right, I, I'll put a link on my wall. I don't know yet. We okay. haven't done our run through. Okay. Oh, don't press me for the hard stuff. <laughs> no, it'll be everywhere, omnipresent. All people will have to do is click on a link. It will just be everywhere. Okay. It, when you find out, let us know. Now, now, there is a website. As a matter of fact, we have uh, on our Facebook page, we have a link to that. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the site, so the, I think people go, will go there. But uh, let us know for sure, William, and we'll, we'll get the word out there uh, ourselves. And certainly next week, uh, which is the tenth, people will have started. But it's you know better late than never. Now, Andrea, oh, yeah. it, it, we understand it's a, there's a, a minor, um, a nominal fee to participate to uh, to get in on, yeah. on the uh, fee, yeah. which it's goes to charity. Enough. The proceeds uh-huh. go to charity. Yeah, it's like the only paranormal conference in the world where for the cost of a trip to Starbucks, you can interact with all your favorite paranormal people. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. Uh, they have the price breakdown on the website, um, but I think if you just want to hop in for one day, I think it's 10 bucks. And if you want the whole thing, I, it's less than 30 okay. um, You know, And I don't know how much less because I haven't actually gone and perused the website because I have actually been on the phone lining people up and working with the producers for about eight hours a day for the last week. Wow. So I haven't really had a chance to look at it. And I know when it's my turn to hook in, they're going to send me a link. And you know I'm a techno idiot. <laughs> I mean, you know I am. And so I'm just going to have to let them walk me through, tell me what to do, and we'll make sure that all the gremlins and the glitches are out of it before we start. Okay, that we have here uh, the dark zone dot TV. Mm-hmm. As, the dark uh, zone dot TV. Yeah, yeah. The, the dark zone dot TV. But you can confirm that, and we'll. Uh, that's uh, we have that link uh, on our sites as well. So, okay, well, Andrea, it sounds like you're doing some great work, and we're going to have you back on the show very. <coughs> excuse me, very soon. And uh, matter of fact, um, 
I'll look forward to talking to you about my last book, which I'm sending you this week. And I can't uh, wait to read it. That's great. I'll read it when we're done with this. How's that? Sounds good. And fellas, okay. uh, do you have anything? Um, any other messages for uh, Andrea? I mean, it sounds like you got your hands full. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, you know what this means, don't you? I hope both of you realize that this means that in the age of COVID-19, where I live in my jammies and haven't brushed my hair in a week that I'm going to have to get up and every day do something with the unruly mop on my head and put makeup on and find matching earrings for my nice outfit and come back into the land of the living Mm. for a solid week in order to do this and make my presence known in a, in a, in a, in a way that is proper for human consumption. It sounds therapeutic. I hear you though, Andrea. You know, and yeah. certainly about the hair, certainly maybe not the earrings and the makeup, but the, <laughs> the hair, my kingdom for a barber. I look like, uh, you know, cross between Bigfoot and Gumby. My dad looks like a hippie again. It's great. Uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> well, it's so great to talk to you. We'll be talking to you off the air. And, um, again, keep feeding us information and we'll get it out to our audience. And, uh, Thank you for uh, for uh, what you're doing. Uh, anything that helps in this situation is good. Yes, thank you. Um, yes, thank yes, you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Very good. Okay. okay. Bye. Uh, Andrea Perrin, everybody. Okay, so let's get back to this poor uh, family that's being driven crazy by the lousy music. Uh, our general point of view on this is that, you know, it's more of a time thing. Uh, if it's really a dead guy or... Girl, I mean, what? what well, it we, sounds like he agrees with us. You know? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, but some people don't. But uh, you know, where does the oboe come from? That sort of thing. It's, mm. It sounds like it's more of a time thing. So I, I think uh, Shane is right. Um, uh, one wonders what emotional um, impetus there may be behind such a sort of. Uh, I, I guess to, what to us sounds like a more of a lighthearted uh, quote haunting unquote, and you might have. Uh, maybe uh, it, it, I'm not trying to be funny. Maybe he drove his own. He's driving his own family crazy in his own world with this. You know, I, um, I, I remember your brother trying to practice the violin. Ben uh, it wasn't quite on on the the uh, level or the degree of this uh, sort of annoyance. More, more like a, more like a Sherlock level of yeah. thing. Or your grandmother would. Uh, would try to practice the violin back in you know a thousand years ago, and, and uh, Muggins, the dog from the next street, would come all the way over, and would howl outside the window. And so finally, she got the message. So um, anyway, I think it is uh, uh, something you, you can probably. You, there are ways to close the point. And Ben, you you and I have actually kind of tried to move intersect points or portals, as people might well, call. They kind of move on their own. They do, yeah. You know, and it's just kind of an, an assisting in the process. Yeah, I would like to know more about this. It would help if if, uh, if uh, our correspondent would tell us when this began, how long they lived in the house, and everything else. But I think basically, I, I would go by what Shane says. I, I've never regretted going by anything Shane says. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's leave it at that and uh, hope for the best and maybe uh, maybe get better at music. I don't know. I mean, who knows? It sounds like, Practice the, makes perfect, sounds like right? he loves the music, but the music doesn't love him. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, let's move on to... There were f- actually four general questions that came in from a lot of people, and I kind of boiled them down. And um, we'll just take them one at a time, and that's why we have another show next week like this, so we can maybe get to some more of them. Okie dokie. Uh, so let's start with the first of the four, uh, the big four, if you will. 
Uh, do you feel there could be a paranormal component to the coronavirus outbreak, uh, as in deliberately introduced by parasites or cause, causing it to to escape from the Wuhan biolab? Well, I'll just take that. You know, I'm very wary of, of attributing, you know, the devil made me do what kind of things. You know, uh, I, th- I think that perhaps uh, it, it's not impossible that there is uh, there are parasites that push buttons in people and can probably cause things, you know, not to sound medieval about it. But it is possible. Shane, what do you think? Well, I mean, I did so much research on this, and um, I, I don't, I don't think there was, I mean, a parasitic influence. I mean, of course it could have been, but, um, you know, and I don't think it came from, you know, consuming bats either. I definitely think it was <laughs> yeah. it linked to the to the laboratory, um, whether it was. The question is, was it released intentionally or, or not? And, um, you know, but certainly it's been blown out of proportion uh, for people. Po- Political reasons, for sure, mm-hmm. um, and I mean it, it, the acceleration of it. There was a study done in the United States that got pushed over into China and was funded and, and signed off on by you know Dr. Fauci uh, to the tune of three point seven million dollars, and where they continued the research over there uh, where when it should not have happened, and. Um, now, did it get accidentally released, or was it released on purpose? We don't know. Um, I could see it going either way, for sure. I don't think it was a parasitic thing, or although it, if it was released on purpose, it could have been um, politically political parasites, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a, it's a horrible thing. It was grossly exaggerated um you know and i and i think it was um and certainly people did die but when you when you look at the numbers um they just did a a reassessment of the deaths and they dropped a huge huge number off off of the coronavirus death uh, because yes and it went from almost a million worldwide to i mean to down to like Barely, you know, I think it was just tens, uh, thousands. Uh, and well, I think it was like, bad thir- enough. yeah, and I don't want to, I can't remember the number. I think it was somewhere around 37,000 as opposed to almost 800,000. And because those other, uh, the, the deaths came from people that had diabetes, people that had, so, you know, so there were things that complicated the whole, the whole thing. But people that died of coronavirus alone, that number has been just demolished. Um, and so certainly it's, it's not a good thing. It's, it's, um, the flu isn't a good thing. There's, there's things that just aren't good. The, the disturbing thing is that it was created by us. I mean, we purposely took, the coronavirus has been around for a while, different versions of it. And, and this was, um, accelerated and tried to make to be, how, how, bad can we make this virus i mean what's its potential how how dangerous can this actually be and so we we did this in laboratories and when the government in the united states says no we're cutting the funding on that we're we're no longer pursuing this um it was then signed off on and money was allocated and sent over to um illegally by the way over to china where this this could continue to take place and um so that action alone costs those lives cause people, you know, this outbreak. Um, it's, it's, you know, of course we, we do research. We want to understand things. So we, we will play around with things in, in not just in, you know, these pandemics or these viruses, but you know, we do it in, in many different, that's how we learn, you know, but, um, 
gosh, you know, th- this just turned out to be a, a, a terrible thing, but I think mostly drastically just exaggerated beyond belief. And, um, and it's, it's a shame because it took our greatest economy, um, being a business owner and like, like you are and the greatest couple years I ever had. And, and, um, and now it's just like I, I had people postpone work and jobs and, and I got really not a lot of stuff lined up until later this year. So, um, it was just, it's just terrible. But, yeah. um, yeah, I think it was definitely, uh, it came from the laboratory, I believe, through all the research that I've done, whether, what was it released on, on purpose or accidental? Um, we don't know, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was done on purpose. All I mean, right. Well, again, that's kind of outside the purview of the show. However, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, well taken. Uh, ben, uh, what do you think? I mean, I, you know, about, um, I think certainly whatever goes wrong in human life and human society may not be caused by parasites, but they can use it to feed on. Well, you know, I'm, I, I do, I do have my own opinion and I will give it after the break. Oh, the break. I forgot about the break. We're <laughs> cruising along so quickly here. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and our special guest co-host Shane Searway here on WON 1240 AM, 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley, especially beautiful today. And we will be right back, so stick with us. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late-night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnigh.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? And it's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in the beautiful Blackstone River Valley of New England. And we are having an open line show, the first of two back-to-back shows today because we're just loaded with questions. And it's Ben and myself and our great uh, friend and colleague and co-host, Shane Searway, coming to us via Skype from New Hampshire. So... Why don't we, if you want to continue with that, I mean, yeah, there's sure. another question in the same vein, or what, what are you thinking there, Ben? You uh, give your opinion. I do have, I do have an opinion on this, and it's, it's, um, it's mostly to do with, uh, a bunch of, bunch of research I've been doing on sort of, um, a, a simple metaphysics, kinda. And like, sort of understanding how we as humans exist, and there's this sort of portion of our being, right, that like, is is constantly um, it, you could call it a conscience, I guess, but it's not quite the right word. It's sort of a portion of us that kind of ne- says opposite things of what we actually think, right? And it's very easy to blame thoughts and things like that on quote unquote the devil, mm-hmm. but rather, you know, we should really look to ourselves first and really monitor where those thoughts come from, right? So it's super easy to look at outside circumstances that are completely without our control and, and in a way, attempt to control it by ascribing blame to something. And, you know, I've I've come to the conclusion over this this last, what's it been, like 40-ish days since... Since all this uh, sort 45, of 45, I think at least where we are. Yeah, 45-ish. We'll, we'll, we'll round New it up. England, to, more or less we'll round it up to 50. Yeah. Um, and we'll, you know, in, in this time period, I've come to the conclusion that, you know, 
we're not we're not going to know and we're never going to know why why it, it it all occurred we're never going to get a straight answer from anybody you know even with what little research we have out there how do we know that it's true right and it's like you know we could point to documents and things like that but as i've i've learned from personal circumstances it doesn't really mean anything in the end and when it comes down to it sure yeah you could blame parasites for it but you know they can't directly influence our decision making only we can do that and we as humans do have that portion of us that will constantly give us bad ideas and and you know constantly tell us things to do and you know we could either listen to it or not and you know we could completely blame other things outside of ourselves or we could not and there's sort of this temptation in in existence especially today where you know we can't take responsibility for ourselves and so we have to put it on on outside forces now it could be true yeah that's i you know i wouldn't wouldn't put it past some sort of interdimensional force that would feed on this insane amount of anxiety that we all feel nowadays where our sort of stress limits are are pushed even further where now this sort of bandwidth that we we had initially for dealing with daily life is now you know so much less than it was prior nowadays i can i can un, i can understand where people are like ah it's parasites yeah that makes a lot of sense but i don't think it's i think it's sort of their benefit is indirect i i i think that that's more more of an indirect thing because you know you could you could put a lot of blame on it but i think that that's that's a waste of time and i think it's a waste of time personally to to bemoan everything when you could take the time and try and make the best of it and try to better yourself and better the people around you. Well, I think th- that's a good way to put it. Just I, I think that, that the uh, the upshot is that you have to, um, you know, we have suffering. There is death going on. Hearts are broken. We're all upset about that. And but nevertheless, out of the worst circumstances, the worst tragedies can come some good. And I think we have to concentrate on on making something good come out of all this. Well, you know what's actually really fascinating? Um, in early studies of memory, especially like in the 90s and early 2000s, a neurologists actually came to the conclusion that memory, right, 90-something, I think I want to say it's like 91 or 92% of memory that you have is just bad things that have happened to you. Mm. And <laughs> you have, initially, when people thought of memory, they thought it would be like a like a old-school VHS player. You'd pop in a tape and you'd just remember a good time, but that's not how it works. Mm. How it works is the horrible things are what you remember, and the good times are things you have less trouble remembering, right? So weirdly, we're stimulated by a lot of negative things. And... You know, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, culture, cultural conditioning or whatnot, we're super into, like, just stuff being super negative, and we want it, we want more of it, and we don't really know why. And, you know, you can see it in our media constantly pushing this narrative of everything's bad, everyone's dying, but mm-hmm. in reality, that's not the case. And, you know, the, the reality is sort of spoon-fed to us with this sort of, you know, poisoned spoon and it's it's changed sort of how how we perceive it and the and this sort of notion of bad things you know being bad and everything being bad you know that's only half half of the equation you know for every bad thing there's something equally good going on at the same time 
Yeah, well, um, Shane, I'm sure we'll have some ideas on this, but maybe we learn more from the bad things that happen to us. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you're you know. a kid, you fall off of a, of a swing set because you're doing something stupid. You're not going to do that stupid thing again. Right. Or in my example, when I was three, sticking my finger into a cigarette lighter in a car, I never did it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. But we, but people are uh, seem to be, at least where we are, our neighbors are helping neighbors. Uh, people uh, seem to be pulling together in many ways where they might not have otherwise. Yeah. And uh, I think there are some good things that would come to the Shane, uh, further thoughts on this? Yeah, to, to, to talk on what Ben was saying, um, emotional em- emotions have so much to do with everything. It has everything to do with um, things that go on in our house, with disturbances. Um, those emotions can attract these parasites. Uh, strong emotions can also create that that bleed over, that, you know, um, time slip if you will type of haunting um but also so the bad things that we experience in life has a drastic effect on us emotionally and so those things tend to really have an impact on us and stick around um and that's exactly the number probably one of the the top things that i do when i get rid of these parasite um, these parasitic hauntings is I manipulate that. I manipulate, um, the internal dialogue, the emotions of the people. It, Cause you, in, you know, you change, you change your mind, you know, you change your internal dialogue, you change your thinking, you change your frequency, you, ch- you break the connection. And so that's exactly one of the top things that I have to do when I, when I go into a home. And where people are being attacked by a parasite, um, is there's something that's affected them emotionally in their life, and I have to manipulate that. So I have to change their thinking so I can change their emotion, and I can break the connection between them and the entity. So um, everything Ben was saying was brilliant and um, and very, very true. And um, what I said was kind of just a branch off of that, but um, very, very important. Emotions have so much to do with everything. Okay. Well, how about our uh, second general question, then? Yeah, I mean, we kind of answered it, but no, let's give it yeah, a right. shot. Well, Maybe just, we'll, have know, some, we'll have some, something to say about it. It was sort uh, of a different vein. I don't know. Could the virus be of alien origin? Uh, because there have been increased UFO sightings in the part of China and possible close encounters. Is it alien germs? Well, I mean, that's... I think, well, as, as we've uh, eminently laid out, uh, we I think we know where it came from. Uh, but that does uh, present a background issue that we have sometimes talked about on the show. With uh, supposed alien encounters, and first of all, I really looked into UFO sightings around that area, and it's difficult to get information out of China that's accurate. Mm. But nevertheless, uh, I, I, I don't see any great heightened um, UFO sightings throughout this period or before it. And uh, sightings would indicate, you know, maybe, you know, if the whole thing is, is true about uh, encounters and abductions and that sort of thing. We, one would think that uh, aliens, uh, if, if, especially if they're from some other planet, would have thought of the danger of alien microbes affecting them as well as affecting us. Yeah, it's like War right? of the Worlds. Yeah, essentially, uh, where the invaders died uh, because they hadn't thought of that. Well, because it happens, it happens all the time in history, anyway, right? I mean, you know, look at Christopher Columbus coming over to uh, the Bahamas there and giving people smallpox blankets. Yeah, exactly. Because my question has been, why didn't the Europeans pick up uh, things they weren't immune from from I mean, the they natives? Might have, they probably just didn't write it down. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, the issue of alien microbes, uh, even within 
on uh, your own planet uh, can be a serious problem. Mm. So, I mean, that is something that should be considered, but I don't personally see any connection with the, this potential virus. So that, that's why uh, I, I summed up those questions and put it in, because it is, it is an issue that uh, a number of diseases uh, come about uh, and, and things that uh, we really don't know the origins of. Uh, in in the past, and uh, I'm certainly sure in the future as well. So you know, you never you never know. Mm. And could they be coming in from parallel realities that interact with ours? If the multiverse thing is true, uh, you'd have the same situation as you would on another planet if if that reality is different enough, the laws of physics, etc. So these are all questions that uh, you know might be uh, deserve to be addressed in other shows. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Shane, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, from all the research I've done, I, I don't think that would be the case that um, it came from anywhere else but from us here, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do, you know, being a, being a researcher, we have to look everywhere. Like, just like you always say, you know, when you, you investigate a house, you look outside, you talk to other people, neighbors and stuff too, and you find that there's things happening outside. So you have to have a broad... Um, awareness in when you're when we do this type of work or when we, whenever we research anything so w- when we look at this virus this coronavirus um you know and then some recent events even though i do think it came from us it, i don't think it came from anywhere else but one thing that did kind of struck me as kind of weird was um and i'm sure there, there's a, a lot of the listeners were thinking the same thing was that you know two and a half three years ago um the navy released those you know said that those those ufo the tic tac tic tac uh video and a couple others were legit that they were legitimate ufos or uaps or whatever and um and just recently just days ago did the pentagon confirm that they are actually um now why did the pentagon all of a sudden um confirm that they are legit that these these videos were legit and they're actually ufos and and that they don't know what they were now everyone's freaking out all of a sudden about this but but it was two and a half three years ago where the navy confirmed that they were true that that these videos were legit but now why why all of a sudden did the pentagon do this you know with all this happening it just why i mean that that that, there's a reason for that i mean i don't know what it is i don't i don't know if it's related to the coronavirus to you know now's a good time everyone's distracted let's put our two cents in and and start you know um, releasing some of this information, I don't know. It just struck me as odd. Yeah, me too. Uh, but but not unexpected. Uh, I, I don't I don't really trust anything that comes out of uh, any government. No, um, because first of all, there is no government. I mean, there there is, but but there there are factions. There are different turf battles. There are departments, and so any kind of quote unquote disclosure is I I, I don't trust it. I think it's no. naive to expect that there's going to be an honest uh, or complete or accurate release of information. And uh, I just, I, I don't know, there's always an agenda here, okay? Uh, maybe it's to get people's minds off this, but, but I just, there's misdirection and all sorts of stuff that I just don't trust. And again, um, you know, especially having rubbed elbows with the intelligence community at one point in the, my military life, uh, I just... Um, you know, a lot of good people there, but I just, you know, they're at odds, and it's it's not, uh, I, I don't trust it. Uh, no. Ben, any thoughts? Um, yeah, actually, it's funny, I actually completely forgot that the Pentagon um, said that. A buddy of mine who actually is in, in the military, um, he, he's in, he's in uh, Army Intelligence, I, I asked his opinion about it, and he was just like, they're basically saying, 
you know, we're confirming the existence of unidentified flying objects. They're not really saying any more than that. No. <laughs> I mean, you look at a light in the sky, it's unidentified. It doesn't mean it's from another planet. Or yeah, another, that's, that's pretty much what he said. But he's also right. kind of a cheeky fellow. So Yes, I know him too. Yeah, so yeah. he, so I, I thought he just was like, yeah, it's honest. He's, really, it's not a big deal. And he was well, like, plus, you know, I mean, if, if, he, if he is not, when you have a clearance, I mean, it's, it's core mission and need to know only. Right. It's not like you know all this stuff just because you have a clearance. No, he doesn't have the clearance for it but he said even if i did know anything he was like i can't i wouldn't tell you anyway. of course not no <laughs> yeah so anyway so there there we have it uh yeah we're moving along here what about uh number what was the, ne- the next one there ben um i believe the next question is and again this is another sum up of a lot, uh, of a lot of questions especially around the time uh the 2012 prophecy was supposed to take place uh you talked about a period of great upheaval in the uh, 2012-2016 period and beyond, uh, is this it? Well, technically, it's it's not 2016, so... No, no, no. Well, <laughs> we, we did say and beyond, oh, yes. you know, like um, to infinity and beyond. But, uh, I mean, the things happen in human history. We didn't make any predictions. We just had um, hunches and, and expressed opinions. And uh, everybody said, okay, that, that we got – but we even had a, um, a, a end-of-the-world party on the honor about the 21st of December 2012. Maybe we went to Cousin Joe's house. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, we um, – yeah, actually, we had the, – the, with the, the novelist D'Erlon, who'd written – we had him on the show, and he'd written uh, a book about the, uh, you know, the end of the world in 2012. Mm. And uh, the next day, everybody woke up, and everything seemed the same. But one can argue – that maybe, I mean, what do you mean by the end of the world? First of all, that, I don't think that's what the Mayans were talking about, uh, just because the calendar ended, uh, or at least that particular, uh, whatever they, I forget what they call the epics. Uh, but it seems like things kind of did change, you know, certainly politically, socially, there was a lot of upheaval. And, uh, you know, I mean, and there were, mm. you know, the world didn't end, whatever that means, but maybe in a way, kind of socially and politically, it kind of did because everything sort of changed. I think words are are sort of have taken on a different meaning. Like when you say apocalypse, you assume it's the ending, but rather its original meaning being the the revealing of yeah. And you know, it's not necessarily an end; it's a change. Yes, exactly. So I think that, and you know, things happen in history. This is not the first pandemic; it won't be the last. It's been you know a hundred years. Since something like this happened, uh, you know, with the Spanish flu so-called back in the, in, you know, after around the time of World War One, mm. uh, and so there's probably, I'm sure there's nobody alive who remembers it. Um, so I mean, this is this is difficult for us because we are very comfortable in our uh, artificially. Uh, secure lives. Well, one and can assume that you're not immune to every disease. That every so often you w- there will be a plague of yes, some sort. Exactly, Shane. Yeah, I mean, whether it's SARS, H1N1. I mean, we've had these pandemics before. We've had things that, that took a lot of lives worldwide. Um, the difference is how we handled it this time, and, and um, there was certainly reasons for that. But we won't talk about that, those things on the on the show. But um, but I think the biggest thing, and I'm not even addressing the the, the virus, um, but in recent years, what's changed drastically in my mind is is uh, People kind of waking up to a lot of this darkness that's been going on behind the scenes for so long, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but but people are starting to really pay attention to a lot of this corruption and in, in, uh, these horrid things that are that are taking place. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so I think that's a that's a beautiful thing, actually. 
Well, a lot of people are saying, well, this is the paradigm shift and everything's going to be wonderful. I mean, you know, I, mean I hope so, but, yeah, maybe, you, know, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. trust humans to make anything uh, permanently wonderful. I don't know. That's me. All right. Well, yeah. that, that's, uh, I that sums that up. Okay. Why don't we move on to, uh, we, we already dealt with the uh, oboe playing ghost. How about, the, what do we have after that? Uh, well, there is one final question oh, okay. in the big four. So this is the, oh, I'm sorry. The, okay. the other big four, which is, is the virus being spread by chemtrails for the purpose of population control? Yeah, we, we've got a lot of questions on that, uh, the chemtrail thing. Now, um, we know a lot of pilots. Uh, I have a little flight experience myself, and uh, you know, not one of them has ever seen really any evidence that these chemtrails are actually spreading stuff. That doesn't mean it's not possible. But I think, as we've said uh, time and again on this show, we, I think we know where the virus came from. There's no reason to doubt the, uh, the, the stories on that. As a matter of fact, investigations are going on now about that. But, uh, but the chemtrail thing in general, I'm skeptical about it. Shane? Yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that, there are there is something to the chemtrail uh, thing. I've seen evidence of it, um, solid evidence, hmm. but I don't I don't think it's as big as what everyone thinks. Um, but you know the, these conspiracy theorists they go crazy with with a lot of this stuff. But um, I don't I don't think that's how it's being spread. If you look at how it's spread, I don't think that's how it it worked this time. I think it was just you know spread naturally. You know, but. It, um, even though it's not a natural virus, but um, I, I don't think it, it was spread through chemtrails. But if if it was done by the Illuminati or whatever, you know, for population control, like a lot of these people say, that would be the perfect way to do it. I mean, <laughs> certainly, but I I don't think that's the case, though. Yeah, my, I mean, what they call chemtrails are generally contrails, condensation trails that come out of the back of a plane at, at great heights and will sometimes be seen to propagate and turn into clouds. I mean, that, that, that is a natural thing. Um, I don't know if it's the healthiest thing. I mean, there may be things placed in I don't know. I just, I've never seen a lot of evidence personally that anybody's trying to do anything, you know, spread. Although, as, as you say, it would be a good way to do it. Ben? Uh, I don't know enough to make any opinions. Okay. Uh, about it one way or another. An honest man. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to speculate about something I don't know a lot about. Well, good. That, that would be make you a rarity in the uh, the, the uh, broadcast or publishing or journalism world. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so uh, what do we have um, into uh, the uh, any, more specific questions? Let's see. I'm hoping we, we can have find time? something that's relatively quick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we have, we have a couple minutes. Um, yeah, we can get started and finish it next week. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, let's see. do 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 I'm trying to find something. Ah, uh, here's one that'll that'll really grind your gears. Um, <laughs> so this is from Karen in Boston, um, not too not too far away from us. And Karen writes to us. I think your multiverse theory is brilliant, but it raises questions for me. I have attended se- seances where mediums have been taken over by spirits who really seem to be what they say what they said they were. Uh, they knew people in the room and they knew everything about the person they knew in life. Uh, with Ouija boards, also I have seen what really seems to be spirits of the dead. Uh, where does this all fit into your theories? Are the rest of us getting it wrong? Well, I don't know if anybody's getting it wrong. I, mean, I, I attended a LOA ceremony in Haiti, which scared me to death. That was you know many years ago. But my gosh, uh, spirits, which I thought were parasites. I never felt... The, the parasites have a certain very filthy kind of a presence. That's the best way I can put it. Very alien and very almost dirty mm. i don't even know if that's the right word but that, that, at least to me 
and uh, this place was full of it. Uh, but people thought that the parasites, or they didn't think they were parasites, were doing them a favor. Uh, they, they took over people. Uh, one guy said it uh, told him when he was going to die, and he was uh, delighted with that because he said he could get his family ready. So, I mean, I guess, talk about making lemons out of lemonade, I guess. But uh, generally, it's a terribly negative experience. Um, I, I, I don't know about, you know, a lot of these things have to, have to do with, uh, I think, time and, and uh, the appearance that we give it. In other words, I think our interpretation, which tends to be very narrow and spiritualist, you know, it, it's got to be the spirit of a dead person. You know, what else could it be? Well, there are lots of other things it could be. Uh, parasites will are very convincing. This is how they make a living. This is how they live. This is how they eat. And they're very good at pushing your buttons and making you think they're somebody you can trust, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Shane, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, everything you said, and in, 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 like I said, back to the emotion thing too people that are extremely um empathic you know too um kid yeah like that's a real thing like i don't people um oh, think yeah. it's, it's just something that people throw out there but i am an empath and it's it's horrid actually it, it it's not fun and and um and so when you're really really strong that way you you can literally feel people's emotions and you can feel their thoughts and you can feel their pain and so um people that open them, themselves up to that experience with the pur- purpose of helping someone else or getting information um there it's not I don't think it's just like they're they're letting something into their body as much as they are linking to emotions and in thoughts too which all have you know all have um the frequency and and so I mean that's my thought I I think it's more like a sinking of of emotion more than anything yeah why don't we continue? I don't know, Ben. If you have a thought or two in a few seconds, um, yeah, I can I can sum up my thoughts real quick. Sure. Um, so I mean, it's it, it all we have are theories, right? And I think that's that's kind of the pivotal word here. We're not saying multiverse law. We're saying theory. And you know, take it for what it is. You know, and it's it's our experiences, much like everybody else's experiences, that we've kind of come to study over time. You know, whether it makes more sense, sure, awesome, great. I think one of the things to keep in mind is, you know, if the multiverse experience is is true, then yes, you know, a parasite or, you know, a quote-unquote spirit of the dead would know everything about someone in the room because they are that person in the room. Sure. Or they are the person that, you know, has quote-unquote deceased. And if, if that's the case, then yeah, they would know things that, you know, no one else would know. Or that only that person would know, which could, in in theory, be half correct. I've encountered that in my own experience. Right, which you would be half correct in saying that, oh, it's the deceased. Well, you're only half right. It's something, perhaps, that's in interpreting the deceased, mm-hmm. rather. And I think, you know, it's the failure of, of the philosophical idea of empiricism, where, you know, you use, you know, all the knowledge to your ability to figure out what something is. And that is a, a major flaw, which is, you know, you can't say, you know, if it quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, and acts like a duck, it's a duck. The, in this case, it talks like a human. It might be the same person. Therefore, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's just a failure in in trying to figure out what something is. Yeah. 
All right, well, there we are. We'll, we'll, uh, why don't we continue that question next week? It's very interesting. So we'll, um, very good. Thanks, Ben. Okay, so I'll begin our announcements. Uh, all our spring live appearances, of course, and uh, Shane and, and Ben and I speak at a lot of the same events. Uh, they've been canceled, of course, because of the situation. Uh, we, but we are thinking of, of uh, an online charity, but we're working on that, uh, Band the Paranormal. Maybe something similar. Well, maybe not something similar, but, but something, um, uh, with the same goals as uh, Andrew Perrin uh, was talking about earlier in the show yeah. uh, for raising money for some of the COVID charities. So we'll uh, we'll um, be out on social media about that and have more news on that uh, next week. Alrighty, so assuming that we're out of the uh, crisis by the fall, uh, we plan to be back at the Exeter UFO Festival on Labor Day weekend, that's September 5th and 6th, as speakers to do our fifth annual live broadcast of the show from the historic Exeter Town Hall on Sunday, uh, the 6th at noon, and the event is sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club that uh, raises funds for local children's charities. Okay, and uh, Shane, what's going on with you? Tell us where people can find out more. Uh, my website, trugos.com, T-R-U-E-G-H-O-S-T.com. My contact information is there, and uh, I really have nothing scheduled right now. Except for our show. I've been doing a lot of shows lately, a lot of different shows, um, a lot of great shows lately. I've done probably four in the last few weeks, but, um, you know, but nothing as far as conferences uh, scheduled okay. for me. All right. Well, we better um, move on here. Uh, we've got our links to our charities, BehindTheParanormal.com. Uh, check out our website. There's a lot of stuff there. Shane, what do we have next week? Oh, yes. Uh, and uh, do not forget about um, the uh, our podcast forms. And if you happen to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a, uh, a rating, uh, preferably five stars. Yeah. And, uh, and if you'd like to leave a little comment for us, that would be lovely. It helps us grow our show. That's right. Okay, so next week? Okie dokie. So next week, that's... Return to this uh, radio frequency 167 uh, hours show, from now Apple, for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Very good. A uh, very quick quote from Lao Tse, or sometimes Lao Tzu, founder of Taoism, uh, Chinese philosophy. Kindness in words creates confidence. Kindness in thinking creates profoundness. Kindness in giving creates love. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks... Oh, and, What about and, Shane? And, oh, Shane, Shane? Sorry, Shane. <laughs> and I'm Shane Saraway. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We'll see you next week on Behind the Paranormal.